This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 670. What are you doing for fun? Yes, really, by Julie Morgenstern of juliemorgenstern.com. Hello, everybody. I am Greg Audino, and welcome back to ORD. This is where I narrate relationship articles to you each weekday, just like an audiobook, but uh, with more fun and more variety, we like to think. (laughs) It's a Friday today, and as we do on Fridays, we're going to talk about parenting. We actually talked about parenting last week on Optimal Living Advice, the advice column style podcast that I also host in the old network. That was a question about how to change our relationships with our parents once they become elderly. However, so a little bit of a different spin on parenting. We've also talked about imposter syndrome since then, craving validation from others, uh, suspicious behavior in a relationship, the coronavirus, of course, and a lot more. There was even a bio episode about me in there uh, that somebody asked for. So, as always, we encourage you to check out that show as we do all of the shows in the old network. Today's article here, however, is by Julie Morgenstern, as I mentioned, and she is going to show you why and how you should carve some time out for your hobbies and personal time. So let's hear it and start optimizing your life. What Are You Doing for Fun? Yes, Really, by Julie Morgenstern of juliemorgenstern.com. Our hobbies, our passions, and what we do for pure relaxation fuel and restore us physically, emotionally, and psychologically in the most efficient way imaginable. Those restorative activities provide care and nurturance for your soul, providing you with the energy you need to get through everything life throws at you. And yet, in our parent time survey, A whopping 84.5% of parents said they spend too little time on hobbies and personal relaxation. It's hard to find the time, sure, but the issue of time is ultimately solvable. By taking a creative approach, we can learn to nurture ourselves and cultivate our hobbies in short microbursts. If you love to write, for example, you could spend 20 minutes over lunch or in the evening writing haikus or journaling about your day. Or maybe you're a fitness junkie who's struggling to make it to the gym for an hour, three days per week. But I bet you could find 8 to 10 minutes every day for high-intensity interval training, HIIT exercises, while your kids are napping or doing homework. Adjusting the mechanics of your approach to fun in small, consistent doses is the first step. The other shift we need to make is in our mindset. We need to believe that we deserve time for fun and that it is an essential component of a happy, healthy life. See if any of these three common belief systems interfere with your ability to make more time for fun. Number one, if I'm not taking care of someone or being productive, I don't have value. 
Many people are driven by a rewarding work ethic that leads them to feel irresponsible or that they have no value unless they are working or taking care of someone. That belief system is ingrained in our culture and can be hard to transcend for everyone, but particularly for women who easily fall into caretaker roles. Letting go of this mindset usually requires taking a leap of faith and experiencing the benefits of spending short bursts of time on your own hobbies, passions, and interests. You'll realize that not only did the world not fall apart, but you came back stronger and more ready to give of yourself to others. If doing something for yourself is too big a leap, do it for your family or your job. After all, allowing yourself the chance to be an interesting, well-rounded, and whole human being puts you in the best position to come up with creative solutions and care for others. Number two, taking time for fun is selfish and or not fair to my family. Nearly every client I've ever coached says, Oh, Julie, I would feel so guilty asking for time to do my hobby. Or, my husband will laugh me out of the room if I say I want Sunday afternoons for going off on my own to a museum. I get it. Truly, I do. But you have to find a way to make the case for yourself and for your family, because it's good for everyone. Consider making fun part of the values by which your family lives. Trade time for fun with your spouses, e.g., you'll cover bath time and bedtime on Tuesday nights if your partner takes Wednesdays. Or, if you can swing it, hire a sitter to come once a week for the sole purpose of entertaining the kids while you take the time to pursue your passion. Number three, work first, play second. Adulthood seems defined by this ethic. How does it develop? When kids are really small, all they do is play. Then at some point, adults intervene under the auspices of helping a kid grow up and say, okay, buddy, you can play, but first you have to do your chores, or no playing until you finish your homework. The principle certainly has its merits, but as that message seeps deeper and deeper into your unconscious psyche, it can drive you to be all work and no play, which psychologists agree makes Jack a very dull boy. When there's major play deprivation in an otherwise competent adult, they're not much fun to be around, notes Dr. Stuart Brown, a psychiatrist and founder of the National Institute for Play. If you apply the work-first, play-second principle to your life as a parent, you will nearly guarantee that you have zero time for play. Your work is endless as you check things off your to-do list. More tasks are added all the time. But if you flip the narrative, if you start with play, you'll have more energy for work. When you have fun, time expands. If you need a little extra boost, remember this. What's good for your own mental health is good for your children. It's beneficial and important for your kids to see you pursue fulfillment beyond their existence. It teaches them that it's healthy and normal to have interests and passions beyond the immediate influence of their family. Kids want to know their parents are devoted to their well-being, but they also want their parents to be fulfilled and happy adults. And they're willing to sacrifice an hour or two with you if it means you'll come back to them happy, healthy, and present. You just listened to the post titled, What Are You Doing for Fun? Yes, Really, by Julie Morgenstern of juliemorgenstern.com. A great read from Julie about the value in having fun in our lives, not only for the sake of our psyche, which is obvious, but also for the sake of our kids. Not only do they want to see us happy, as she mentioned, but they need to. Consider the constant lessons our children are learning from us from the get-go. Exemplifying work-life balance and showcasing not only the ability but the after-effects of finding joy 
Well, that sets them to live a life the same way, which of course is what we want for them, I would only assume. (laughs) We are done for the week, though, folks. Thank you so much for joining me this Friday. Let me know if you've scheduled some time this weekend for one of your hobbies or a passion project. I'll see you back here on Monday, where your optimal life awaits.